Well, good morning, everyone. I hope everyone is doing well this morning as we begin a new week. Uh, we are continuing in 2020. I hope and pray the year has been good for you. I know we have visitors here among us. Thank you for being here with us as well. May God bless each and every one of you. We sang the song, Give Me the Bible. So if you have your Bible, please open it up this morning to the book of Proverbs. We're going to begin our study there in just a moment. As you're turning there, just again, want to welcome everyone and kind of give you a little bit of lay of the land as we begin our worship services and continue on throughout the day. Lord willing, we will wrap here at 940, take about a 10-minute break, and then we'll be uh, begin our Bible classes at 950. In the auditorium here, we are studying the Gospel of Mark. In classroom number one, there's another adult class uh, looking at the one another passages throughout the scriptures. And then there are Bible classes for all young people uh, also in the back. And then we'll come back here uh, after Bible class is dismissed, and we will worship together again and also partake of the Lord's Supper. So thank you for being here. Uh, to our members here, let's also look for the opportunities for the visitors who are here. Let's welcome them. Let's make sure uh, that they know that we uh, care about them. And, uh, and if they're interested in a Bible study, let's see if we can get something set up with them as well. Well, I hope and pray everybody enjoyed the weekend. I don't know about you, but I got outside yesterday. Anybody get outside in the snow yesterday? That was really epic, wasn't it? And I saw a lot of photos on Facebook and drone videos looking at all the snow and things like that. It was really cool. I even haven't gotten into a little bit of a snowball fight as well. Nikki and I, we went after it. And, uh, and Josh, he was out there and some of the neighborhood kids. I showed no mercy to the kids, okay? And they were coming after me as well. But isn't it great to enjoy uh, God's creation and to enjoy the snow here in, uh, in Texas. Well, one of our favorite things to do as a family, we like to watch TV. We don't watch a lot of television, but when we do, we like to watch television shows sometimes that are geared around animals. We look at the, the Animal Channel and Disney Plus. Uh, they have a lot of things with respect to National Geographic, and you can learn so much uh, by just looking at some of these television shows and learning more about God's creation and all the variety of animals that our creator has made. In the book of Proverbs, and Proverbs is one of my favorite books, we read a lot about these animals as well. Uh, I want you to turn over to Proverbs chapter 6. We read about a variety of animals and insects, and one of them that's mentioned in Proverbs chapter 6 uh, is something that is really important, uh, I think is a great lesson for young people, but really for all of us. And while you're turning over there, let me just tell you why I'm here on the floor. Typically, I, I do a lesson about once a month, kind of geared toward our young people. And so I'm going to continue that, Lord willing, in 2020, probably the second Sunday of each month, uh, where we have a special sermon for our young people, and obviously it applies to everyone here as well. In Proverbs chapter 6, look at verse number 6. The Bible says, Go to the ant, O sluggard. Observe her ways and be wise, which having no chief, officer, or ruler, prepares her food in the summer and gathers her provision in the summer and gathers her provision in the harvest. How long will you lie down, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, 
a little folding of the hands to rest. Your poverty will come in like a vagabond and your need like an armed man. We learn some valuable life lessons just by looking at this ant. And maybe before we step on the ant, the next time we see one, uh, we can appreciate what we can learn uh, from this tiny little creature. And there are a variety of other creatures and animals that are mentioned uh, in the book of Proverbs. Look over in Proverbs chapter 30. In Proverbs chapter 30, and I want to read real quickly here, from verse number 19. In Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 19, then we'll drop down to verse number 24. Proverbs chapter 30 and verse 19, listen to what the Bible says here. The way of an eagle, actually let's start back in verse 18. There are three things which are too wonderful for me, for which, for which I do not understand. The way of an eagle in the sky, the way of a serpent on a rock, the way of a ship in the middle of the sea and the way of a man with a maid. He talks about the eagle in the sky and the serpent on the rock. Look at, look at verse number 24. He says, four things are small on the earth, but they are exceedingly wise. He talks about the ants again. Ants are mentioned again. The ants are not a strong people, but they prepare their food in the, sur- in the summer. You can learn some lessons from these small little creatures. The, the Shephanim are not mighty people, yet they make their houses and their rocks. The locusts have no king, yet all of them go out in ranks. The lizard you may grasp with the hands, yet it is in the king's palaces. You can do an entire study in the book of Proverbs looking at some of the creatures that God has made. And for the next few minutes... I actually want to look at one of these in a little bit more detail. It may not be one that we typically think about or even consider when it comes to learning some valuable lessons in life. This creature as well as well is mentioned in Proverbs chapter 30. In Proverbs chapter 30 and verse number 15 and verse number 16. We read about this creature here in Proverbs 30 and verse number 15 and verse number 16. Where the Bible says the leech has two daughters. Give, give. The leech has two daughters. If you're looking at the slide here, I have a, a photo of a leech, and they're not really the best looking things to look at, huh? I'm looking at some of the faces here, and I probably should move on from this photo and uh, it really quickly, but I'm going to leave it up there for a few more minutes. So the leech has two daughters. Give, give. Now, I want us to look at verse 15 and 16. Let's read the rest of this, and then I want to ask a couple of questions. The leech has two daughters, give, give. There are three things that will not be satisfied. Four that will not say enough. Sheol and the barren womb, earth that is never satisfied with water, and fire that never says enough. Some of these proverbs are interesting, aren't they? Where you can read them and then you can just kind of look at them. And at least for me at times, I say, okay, what's the point of these verses? Why do we read about leeches here in these two verses? The leech has two daughters. Give, give. There are three things that will not be satisfied. Four that will not say enough. Sheol in the barren womb. Earth that is never satisfied with water. And fire that never says enough. What do you think the point of these verses are? What can we learn from these two verses here? As we look at the leech. Well, if you look at the two verses here, there are a couple of things that stand out, at least for me. He talks about, in verse number 15, about three things and then four things that can never be what? Satisfied. And then he says, in verse number 15 at the end, four that will not say enough. 
And so as you look at these examples here, you see that he's talking about things that, that are never satisfied, and the leech would be a part of that as well. A leech will continue to, to suck the blood from whatever it is attached to. Sheol, or the grave, will continue to take those who die. A woman without children will never say enough because she's never had a child. The earth will always take more water. It cannot get enough. And fire will continue to burn unless it is put out. And so as you look at these two verses here, he's talking about things that are never satisfied, things that will never say, I have enough. And so as you think about what he's talking about here, I think maybe we can start to take away a couple of lessons or a couple of thoughts from these two verses. This morning, I want to talk about lessons from leeches. And while it may be a, a weird title and a weird study, it is, it is in the Word of God. And I do believe there are some valuable lessons that we can learn from these ugly little creatures, these little worms. What do you think we can learn? The leech says, give, give. Something that's never satisfied. Something that will never say, I have enough. When I look at these two verses here, one of the biggest things, if not the biggest thing, that I take away from these two verses here is that, first of all, we should learn to be content. I believe that this is something that we can take away from these two verses here, that we should learn to be content. When you look at fire and you look at the earth and the woman, these things are never satisfied. And the leech is never going to be satisfied. They'll just continue to take as much blood as they can. And yet, as you think about who we are, including young people, who you are in Jesus Christ, I think one of the big lessons we can take away is learning to be content. We live in a world where a lot of people say, give, give. And yet, as people of God, we need to learn to be content. In fact, God expects his people to be content. It is to be, a, it's to be who we are. We are to learn to be content. Look over in Hebrews chapter 13. There's a number of verses that we can look at here in Hebrews chapter 13. I'm just going to reference a couple of them here. In Hebrews chapter 13, the inspired writer wrote to Christians who had lost many of their own possessions, and yet he's reminding them, you be content. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 5, Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 5, notice what the Bible says here. Make sure that your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. You see, as the people of God, we are to be content, and that even includes young people, all right? I'm talking to the young people. That includes you as well. Young people, let me ask you a question. Have you ever complained about not having enough stuff? I know when I was young, I complained about that too, all right? We're all in the same boat. Have you found yourself complaining about not having enough stuff? It can happen so easily. One of the things that's really interesting as well is that it often can even come about after we have gotten a lot of stuff. Have you ever picked up on that? Ever noticed that? Uh, It seems to happen every year, maybe like December 26th, December 27th, January 1st, January 12th, where kids about a couple of weeks after they have opened up all of those gifts, what do they start saying? I wish I had that. Well, wait a second. We just bought you all of this. I mean, we bought you a lot of stuff. 
it can happen very easily. I remember a number of years ago, I was in the grocery store, and I saw this mom, and she had a couple of kids with her. It was right after Christmas, and I saw it taking place right before my eyes. They were checking out, and the kids were looking around, and they were upset because they wanted that stuff. And she said, I just got you all this stuff for Christmas. Do you not remember what I just got you for Christmas? And it just it was like they weren't satisfied with what they had. Kids are often looking for more, aren't they? Let me just talk to the parents here real quickly, too. Let me just hit the pause button. Isn't it interesting? We picked up on this when Joshua was younger, how we'd buy Joshua these gifts. Uh, it's not really interesting. It's almost frustrating. We'd buy him these gifts, and then like a couple hours later, he's playing with the boxes that the gifts were actually in. And we're like, here, play with the gift. And he's like, no, no, I'll play with the box. And so, I don't know, maybe we should change up how we do some of our gifts. But nonetheless, kids, all right, back to our regular sermon here. Kids, nonetheless, can often say, you know what, I wish I just had a little bit more. I wish I could just have this, or I wish I could just have that. It is really hard in our society to be content, to be satisfied, to be satisfied with what we have. And like the leech, sometimes we can have this mindset of give, give, not enough. I'm still not satisfied. And yet this is the mindset we're supposed to be. We are to be content. In fact, Paul in Philippians chapter 4, in Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 11 and verse number 12, in Philippians 4 and verse number 11 and 12, Paul, he reminds us that it is possible for us to actually be content in our lives. It is possible for us, including young people, to be satisfied with the things that you have. Paul said in Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 11, not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both in having abundance and suffering need. Paul was able to be content. What he says in these two verses is even more powerful when you understand his circumstance when he's writing this, that he's in prison. And so this idea of being content, it's something that all of us can have. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, will you turn over there with me, please? In 1 Timothy chapter 6, I want you to notice what Paul said here again about contentment. In 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6, 7, and 8, notice what Paul said here. Paul said, but godliness actually is a means of great gain when accompanied by contentment. For we have brought nothing into the world, so we cannot take anything out of it either. If we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. Paul is reminding the saints, and he's reminding us as well, that we all have, I think, enough. We all have plenty, and we need to be content. To the young people, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to to learn to be grateful with what you have and to demonstrate that with an attitude of not saying, give me more, but an attitude of saying thank you. Take the time to actually consider how much you really have. Believe it or not, you have a lot of stuff. Take the time to really think about what you have. And it's not just for young people. Parents, we need to understand this as well. All of us need to understand this, whether we have children or not. We can look around and we can see we're actually really rich. We actually have an abundance of things. We have an abundance of possessions. True contentment as well 
As you think about this idea of being content, it begins with God. It resides in God and his Savior and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I want you to consider that things are going to come and go in your life. Possessions are going to come and go in your life. But there are things that will remain. God will always be with you. And when you start considering what God has given you through his son, Jesus, it really is powerful, and it really will help you to learn to be content. Will you turn over to John chapter 3? I'm sure many of us could quote this passage here, but it is good for us to read the, these words here. Jesus, in John chapter 3, in verse number 16, as he was talking to Nicodemus, in John 3, in verse 16, this passage here reminds us of what God has given to us, what he has made available for us, salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have, everla- but have eternal life. Brothers and sisters, young people, if you have Jesus Christ, you have it all. And you need to appreciate what you have in Jesus Christ. Not only that, but appreciate your parents. Appreciate who they are and what they are doing for you. We look at Ephesians chapter 6 quite a bit. And I did a sermon not too long ago called Children Do Your Job from Ephesians chapter 6. And it's important for you to do your job. But it's also important to appreciate what you have. If you have a mother or father, someone who is providing for you, maybe that's your grandmother or grandfather, whoever it may be, be satisfied and be thankful for who you have. Children, in Ephesians 6 and verse 1, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with the promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. If you have parents, people who love you and are providing for you, that's a reason for you to be satisfied, reason for you to be thankful, reason for you to be content. Be content. Your contentment resides in your Savior Jesus and his Father in heaven. Our Father is going to provide us with everything that we need. He will provide us with everything that we need. Look over in Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew chapter 6, Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount, he reminds us about our Heavenly Father about the fact that we don't have to worry, about the fact that we are going to have the things that we truly need. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse number 31, as Jesus began to wrap up this thought here with respect to worrying, he said, do not worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. So do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Be thankful for what you have. Consider what you have. It is mind boggling how we can have so much. Even how young people can have so much and they find themselves bored. How does that happen? When we have so many things to occupy us and yet we can find ourselves bored. I think sometimes just a lack of appreciation of all the things that we really have. I was studying with someone and I, I shared with him I shared with him what I was going to be talking about today. And he shared with me something as well. He was saying when he had grown up, when he was growing up, he got everything he wanted. Everything he wanted. If there was something that he wanted, he got it. Then he said something really powerful. It didn't really make him happy. It didn't really make him happy. Don't you hear that a lot from people? where you can accumulate and get more and more stuff, and it doesn't necessarily mean that your life is going to be better for it. And people just think, well, if I just have this, then I'll truly be satisfied. 
And if I could just get this, then I'll truly be satisfied. There's nothing wrong having physical possessions. But learning to be content in your Savior and what he has given you already, that's something that we need to, to focus on. The mindset of so many people is give, give. We need to be content, as Paul said in Philippians 4. We need to be content, as Paul said in 1 Timothy chapter 6. Not only that, but something else that's interesting in the book of Proverbs is that in the book of Proverbs, the Proverbs actually talk a lot about there's a phrase, better is a little. Sometimes it is actually better to have less. Look at Proverbs chapter 15. In Proverbs chapter 15, and I just want to run through a number of Proverbs here. I think it's a fascinating thought with, with what the Proverbs have to say that, you know, the, our society says more is better. But the Proverbs often remind us better is a little. Now, there are times where it is better to actually have a little. Look at Proverbs chapter 15 and verse number 16. In Proverbs chapter 15 and verse number 16, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and turmoil with it. You see what he's saying there? You're better off having the fear of the Lord. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than having even great treasure and great problems as well. And verse 17, he said, better is a dish of vegetables. Who just wants to eat some veggies, right? Give me some meat. But he says, better is a dish of vegetables where love is. Oh, that kind of changes some things, right? Better is a dish of vegetables where love is than a fattened ox served with hatred. Yeah, sometimes better is a little. When you start looking at some of the other outside circumstances and things like that, people can have plenty and yet still are missing the very things that they truly need. Look at Proverbs chapter uh, 16 and look at verse number 8. In Proverbs chapter 16 and verse number 8, this is very important as well. Better is a little with righteousness than great income with injustice. You can have a great income. But the means and ways you go about getting that, that's not necessarily going to be better for you. You're not going to necessarily be satisfied. Better is a little with righteousness than a great income with injustice. What about Proverbs chapter 17 and verse number 1? Proverbs chapter 17 and verse number 1. I want you to notice something here as well. Better is a dry morsel and quietness with it than a house full of feasting with strife. You can have all the great food, the big home, the big income, but when all those other things are included in it, the strife, all those other challenges, he said, you're better off just having a little bit. You're better off just having a small little house where there's some peace and quiet. This goes against what our world often teaches. And what I want you just to consider is the leech says, give, give. The leech is never satisfied. The leech is never going to say I have enough along with a variety of other things in life. But we need to be satisfied with what we have. Having more does not always equal a better life. And 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 many times it just doesn't. Because many times having all this stuff can often lead us, if not careful, away from God. It can cause us to become dependent upon these things. So before we complain to God about not having something, take the time to consider. Take the time to count what you do have. And I can almost guarantee that's going to take you a long time because we all actually have quite a bit. bit. 
Instead of saying to your parents, give, give. Maybe you should just say thank you. Leeches are not the best looking creatures. They're ugly creatures. And when we have this mentality of I'm never satisfied, I don't have enough, I just want more, more, more. That's not very becoming, is it? And that is something that we have to avoid. Let's not be people who are never content, never satisfied with who we are and what we have in Jesus Christ. Let's be content. I think that's one of the big points that we can take away from Proverbs chapter 30 and verses 15 and 16. Now, let me just add this as well, and then I'm going to wrap this up. To the young people, I want to encourage you, don't hang out with leeches. Don't be a leech and don't hang out with leeches. And let me tell you what, what I mean by that. Don't surround yourself with people who are, who are like leeches, who are just always looking for more and, and give me this and give me that. They will drain your energy. There are sometimes people, and maybe we even have some friends like that, maybe we need to reevaluate who might be in our inner circle. The friend who is always taking and never giving, even though friendship is really to be a two-way street. In Proverbs chapter 17, in verse number 17, the, the Proverbs remind us, a friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. Our friends should love us, and, and we should love them as well. And there's going to be sacrifice and a giving and a taking when it comes to these friendships. But sometimes young people, and even older people for that matter, can have this give, give, leech kind of approach. Once they get something, they kind of just disappear, and they're not really there for you. Well, that's not the kind of friendship that you're going after or that you should want. Just as a leech will suck the life out of something, friends who never seem to be grateful or content they will have an impact upon you as well. And the, the, what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 is, is for young people and it's also for, for older people as well. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 33, do not be de- deceived, bad company corrupts good morals. And so as you think about the leeches in the book of Proverbs, Don't be a leech, and be careful that you're not surrounding yourself with people who kind of have that mentality as well. They are exhausting, and they will do you no good. Leeches stick. They stick, and so do these bad character qualities, if not careful. And so what matters is not just how many friends you have, but the kind of friends you have, the quality of your friendships, and what they are providing for you. The book of Proverbs is one of the best books if you want to learn more uh, about friendships and, and who you should be hanging around with in your life. And Proverbs 18 and verse number 24, the Bible helps us to see a man of too many friends comes to ruin But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. It's not necessarily the best thing to always have so many friends. But the quality of your friends, the quality of the people who are around you. Don't hang around leeches. They're not going to improve your life. They're going to potentially make your life worse. And this is, I think, one of the biggest challenges in the world. Being grateful. And it's something I have to continue to work on myself. It's so easy to complain. It just rolls off the tongue. And yet it can be so challenging to stop, to say thank you, and to truly appreciate what you already have, what we already have. And yet that is who we are supposed to be. The leech says, give, give. But that's not going to be us. Let's learn to be content. 
Let's learn to be wise with even who we surround ourselves with in our lives. Be wise with your friends. And if you're not careful, they will drain you of your energy and even worse, maybe your faith in God. So be careful with who you associate with. And as young people here, be content with what you have. Take the time today to appreciate and to really ponder and consider how much you already have. Be content in your Savior, Jesus Christ. That's where true satisfaction comes from. And you can have all the things in the world and still not be happy or satisfied or content. Paul understood this. We need to make sure that we understand this as well. Our Savior will never leave us. He will never leave you or forsake you. And he's already given you everything you truly need. Be content. Let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, forgive us, Father, at times for not being content. Forgive us, Father, at times for not going back like the leper who was healed in Luke chapter 17 and worshiping, worshiping your son and saying thank you for what he had done for him. Help us, Father, to have a grateful heart, a heart full of thanksgiving, a heart overflowing with gratitude. We know, Heavenly Father, that you will provide us everything that we truly need. Help us, Father, to walk by faith and to trust you and to truly lay up treasures in heaven and not on earth. Bless all of the young people here. We love them so much. We care about them so much as well. Help us as parents to lead them in the paths of righteousness. Help us to assist one another as we raise our children so that they will become godly and and fear you, and serve you, and worship you, and honor you in all the things that they do. Thank you for their tender hearts. Thank you for who they are. Watch over them and protect them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.